out here in a hurry. Um, but Elf is a great way to discover what the Christian faith is all about. And um, I think uh, it's a good opportunity for us as a church to, uh, to equip ourselves to do the next thing that God wants us to, to be involved in. And um, I guess thinking about these kind of courses and things, I don't want us to do anything in the church unless it's born out of a revelation that God's telling us to do something. So we don't just go, oh, let's do this, let's do that. And over the years, I guess, I've, I've looked at lots of different things that we could do as a church, programs, uh, um, things like this that, that are pre-organised uh, for us. And all we've got to do is you know, make the opportunity for people to come. But uh, I was really struggling. Last year, many of you would have remembered we had a guy called Pastor John Spinella come and visit. And uh, while he was here with us, he had some time with uh, Pauline and myself and talked about what are the, pr- the pain points of our church. And so we started to go through some of those things with him. And uh, um, one of the things was, well, how do we teach people the foundations of their faith? How do we, how do, we do it? We, we sort of do that every Sunday to a degree, but it's not a program system of uh, a package that tells you everything you need to know about what you believe as a Christian. And you know, some, I just have to look at Facebook and see what people are putting on there and what they're liking to think, do they really know what the Bible teaches? So you wouldn't say you like that if you, if you knew what the Bible said. Um, so, so it is important that we, that we get foundations right in our life and in our church because we want to be a large, relevant church of mature believers who love our community because we're going to change this community for the better. So with that in mind, uh, only in the last week or so, uh, God spoke to me um, through Acts chapter 8. Um, I think I have a, a slide there. Um, that's my uh, next one. Let me see if I can do that. Here it is. Acts chapter 8, verse 30 and 31. It said, uh, this is the story of Philip, uh, one of the apostles in the, in the Bible, and he's uh, on, a, on a journey walking along the road, and it says that he, he saw an Ethiopian uh, dignitary, like, like someone in the government of Ethiopia, in a chariot on the same road that he's travelling on, and it says that Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you're reading? Or if you come from West Heidelberg, anyone from West Heidelberg here? It's asked. But Philip asked, do you understand what you're reading? The man replied, how can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. Um, Then in verse 35, it says, and so beginning with this same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. And I think one of the things that we have to uh, re-establish in our lives is that the story of Jesus is good news for everybody. The problem the church has is we've packaged it in a stale container. And so people said, yuck, I don't want to know about that. But we've got to repackage, re, uh, you know, reinvent ourselves to present Jesus Christ as the good news. Because if we've got sour news in, in our lives, then no one's going to want to taste that. But we've got, to, we've got to have the good news coming out of us. So um, the account... So anyway, got, getting back to Alpha and how the Holy Spirit showed me this scripture and uh, um, said, you know what, there's people just like that Ethiopian government official. I don't want to use the word eunuch because it's a bit nasty. But uh, look it up if you want to know what that means. Uh, but Phillips saw this guy who was hungry to know about the things of God. And, uh, and we need to realise that there's, there's even people in our church that are hungry to know more about the things of God. And this is just a tool that we want to have available for as many people who want it. And as often as they want it, 
to put that out there so that people can learn, discover and have the foundations right to go on to have an incredible life in the things of God. So that's why we're doing it. So um, hopefully uh, it, it um, speaks to people here this morning and you can uh, register and come along to those, those nights. But anyway, getting back to this story about Philip, the account concludes with the Ethiopian being baptised, um, all because Philip explained the good news. And today we've already had a baptism, uh, and I think that's just amazing because it causes people to make a decision when we present the good news well. And I love the next bit. This is my most favourite part of the whole Bible. I've got lots of unfavourite parts, but this is my favourite part. Verse 39, it says, When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. That means he just disappeared. And the eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Uh, verse 40 says, Meanwhile, Philip found himself further north at the town of Azotos. Uh, and it goes on to say, and he just kept preaching all along the way. And you know what? That's, you know, I'd love the day to be able to baptize people here and then suddenly, and they, and they found me at Sejuna or at Wayala. <laughs> and I was preaching all along the way. <clears throat> Let's, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we just thank you today for your word. We thank you that uh, we are your church and that you have a, a, a great life before each one of us. So Lord, I just pray today as we get around your word and we uh, listen to, to uh, the word of God today, that you make it real in our hearts. And we just thank you for what you're going to do in us and through us in Jesus' name. Amen. If you, you know, just one other thing on that. If, if you're wondering why we do these things like Alpha and all the other uh, training that we, we present in the church, it's because we love people and we love Jesus. And we've got to keep that as our focus and uh, helping people to make their way closer to Jesus. So uh, taking that scripture today, I have a message for the church this morning. Um, and it's... I think we're moving into a season. I, I, I said this in the prayer meeting. I, I kind of know often when Jesus is, is speaking to us as a church and I'm pretty sure I've got my, uh, my finger on the right pulse this morning and as we go from this day forward and that is that we're, we're entering into a time where we're going to find a freedom to reach out to people. The Christianese version of that is evangelism. Evangelize. We love having the Christianese words because it's the can't we just use English? We've got to add these these kind of combination of Greek and Hebrew words and bring up these Christianese. But uh, I'm not going to go all all about what that word evangelize means. But it, it means that it's the 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 act of reaching out to people who don't know God, and and bridging the gap. And that's the whole purpose of you as a believer. You know, I don't want to ruin your your expectations, but the whole. Uh, the whole purpose of being a believer is to bridge the gap for other people to get to know Jesus. So that's the foundation of what we're talking about this morning. But the, the church, this church was born in a season of great evangelism uh, where many people came to faith in Christ. And uh, um, Pastor Al Hillier was the, the first pastor here who pioneered this church, who built this building that we are in still. And uh, many people here today, uh, perhaps maybe you could raise your hand, who, were, who came into the church and were born again at that time through Pastor Al's ministry. There's one, two, three. Look at this. Still people here today. That's a great legacy from that time. And uh, the church was birthed in this incredible time of evangelistic thrust. 
So um, th they were um, indicators today that, that what was birthed then is the fruit is still here today. So I want to um, honour Pastor L for the work that he established. And uh, we can never uh, underestimate those people who, got, who get saved and where God wants to take them in the future. But we have before us now, I, I sense a new freedom, a new day, a new day of opportunity to reach Port Lincoln. And I want us to be ready for that. I want us to be thinking like that. I want us to be believing for that. So I want to make... Uh, I want to make things as good as possible for you to have a church that you love and can bring other people to. And, uh, you know, I guess I've changed a little bit in the last few years and I always want to be changing. But I, I know that, um, you know, some things that happened over the last few months, if they happened to me five or six years ago, I would have been so devastated. You know, some people come and say to me they don't like this and they don't like that. And I want to try and keep everybody happy. But sometimes you can't keep everybody happy. And, and sometimes you just have to say, well, this is, this is the course that we take and this is where we're going. And if you can partner with us, well, if you, if you don't feel that you can, then that's okay as well. Find somewhere that you, that you, you can. But um, if I could just share with you, one of the lowest, sort of a bit of a strange sermon this morning, but one of my lowest moments for me in the ministry ever was in our second year here um, as pastors. And um, we conducted a church health survey. And if you're in the ministry, if you're a pastor or something, don't ever do it. It's the most horrible time because it's not like we're looking at the bank balance. It's not like we're looking at, at, at things. We're looking at how, how happy people are in the church. And you don't want to know. I'll tell you, it, it's not that fun. So we, we, we were going through this thing and we interviewed people and we asked questions about the church and about their, you know, what, what they were feeling and all that sort of stuff. But one of the questions was, would you bring people to this church? Now, that's an easy question. But um, most people said no at that time. And I suppose that that meant we had a lot of work to do, and we still had. But that hit me like, like just getting run over by a train ten times. So many things that, that we know is important in church and as believers uh, that we want things to be right in church. We want things to be done well in church. Um, and sometimes we think that that's because we want to have a comfortable environment, that we want to have things that, that are good for us. And that's sometimes the reason why we think, well, would I bring my friends here or not? If we're comfortable, if we're happy, then we'd say, yeah, I'll bring friends to this. But if, if it's not exactly how we want it, then we'll say, well, no, I don't think I'll bring anyone along to that type of a church. But uh, so many things that we know that, that are important as church, in church as believers are, are the, you know, the, the, the extremities, the, 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 the external things that don't really mean a lot. The most, core, most important core fact that we have to have in the church all the time that, that we sometimes forget is that we're here to reach the lost. We're here to bridge the gap. The church's purpose is to bridge the gap so that people who don't know who Jesus is can be introduced to Jesus. And thinking, yay, church, yay, pastor, yeah, we know that. The purpose of your life is to bridge the gap between everyone who you know who doesn't know Jesus. So it brings it right back to our own responsibility. So um, we do what we do so it helps people ex experience something spiritual and something supernatural. I know that's uh, where we want to be. We want to be in that, that place where we ourselves are, are always discovering things in God, 
having supernatural experiences of our own. But uh, we pray before church every Sunday. Um, we're praying, we're calling down for a supernatural thing to happen. We're, we're asking God to come and do something that we can't do. Uh, we can't do uh, um, things in people's lives. We can't change anybody, but the Holy Spirit can. And that's why we're praying. That's why we're coming, saying, Holy Spirit, uh, we, we sometimes pray in God, uh, use what we're doing today if you're involved in the service. Uh, somehow speak to people. May, may us not be the ones who get in the way of people hearing what God wants to say. Um, we also, we, we do our worship. That's our songs and our singing. Um, that's not just a fill-in gap so that, you know, if they're doing baptism, someone can go and get changed in a hurry. It's not about that. It's, uh, it, it's, it's we're inviting the Holy Spirit in to individual lives by, by worshipping. And sometimes we, we can worship if we're believers, but other people around us, that they may not because they don't know who Jesus is. But we're, we're creating an environment where the Holy Spirit lives and the Holy Spirit starts to move. And, and I know people who've come into church and they've thought, well, I don't know what I believe right now or if, if God's real. But in that environment, in that place of worshipping, the Holy Spirit has, a, has an opportunity to minister like can't happen anywhere else. So I don't know if there's a science behind it, but it happens. But um, we want to have open doors that heaven is open down here with us. That's why we do church how we do. But our mission as disciples is to bring people to Jesus. So church growth is a, is a thing that I think many people, many church pastors uh, think about and, and desire. But church growth is the science of bringing. If you bring it down to, to, to its lowest common denominator, if we want churches to grow, if we want this church to grow, we've got to understand the science of bringing. So you just never know what God will do when you bring people to Jesus. So some examples. We have Dion here with us this morning. I don't know if I told him that you know, Dion is here today and, and uh, he's given his life to the Lord. He's been baptised. He's now enrolled in Bible college. All because somebody brought him. Um, we've got Carlos here today on the front row. He's here today. Did you get baptised here as well? He got baptised here. He did Bible college. He's now a graduate of Certificate 4 in leadership. My goodness. All because someone brought him to church. Uh, we've, got, we've got Jo here, who's on the front row as well. She hasn't done Bible college yet, but, uh, but she's here today because someone brought her who doesn't even come to this church. But something happened in her life and she's been here ever since. And all these people I've just mentioned and many, many others I could go on and on and on are here because someone brought them to church. And, and I think, well, what would we be doing in the church now if they weren't here? Because God has brought these people and they've, they've come to know Christ in a deeper way. Some have come to know Christ in a, in a whole new way that they never even knew who he was because God has done something through our church. But there's a, you know, I'm using that, that word or synonym, science. There's something that happens in bringing people to the house of God that they are introduced to something that they otherwise can't experience. So God is still in the business of reaching people and his agency on earth is the church. And that's you, that's us. So I want you to try and get that in your understanding today that God's business is reaching people and he's going to use you to reach them. So 
going on our theme this year of, of freedom or free, I think we're entering into a season where we're going to find it suddenly free to bring people. Some of those reasons why we thought, well, I wouldn't bring people to this church, they're going to, they're going to be dealt with. They're going to be dealt with. And, and we're going to look at some things this morning. Hopefully it all comes together and makes sense. But John 1, if you just turn in your Bibles, if you have your Bibles with you, John 1 verses 41 and 42 says this. Andrew went to find his brother Simon. By the way, Andrew, if you go back and do a little bit of research on it, Andrew was John the Baptist's disciple. He was one of John the Baptist's disciples, if you read the story a little bit earlier in John chapter 1. And they met Jesus, and it says they followed Jesus, and he discovers in his own way, he discovers that Jesus must be the Messiah. And then the next thing he goes and finds Simon, and he told him, we've found the Messiah, which means Christ. You think, oh, that's great, Messiah, Christ, what's all that mean? Christ means the chosen one, the, the blessed one. So... He's saying, oh, we've found the Messiah. Now, talking to Aussies, this is why some people think, well, on the day of Pentecost, Peter, who, who, who's changed, he's changed his name, he got out and preached, he got filled with the Holy Spirit, ran out on the street, started preaching about Jesus Christ, and 5,000 people got saved in, in one hit. And people think we should see that today in Australia. There's a little bit of a problem with that. I don't think it's impossible, but, but we've got to realise that the people of Israel who he was preaching to were all waiting for, for 2,000 years or more for a Messiah and they didn't know who it was yet. And this guy says, I found the Messiah. And they're filled with the Holy Spirit to a crowd of people who are waiting for this moment. And they all accept Christ. So that can sometimes explain why we think we're lousy evangelists. Because we're talking to a country who thinks Jesus is a swear word. So I'm just giving you a little bit of education here this morning. It says, then Andrew brought Simon, there's the word underlined, to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, Your name is Simon, son of John, but you'll be called Cephas, which means Peter. So, bringing freedom to people is like this story. From that one chance meeting, looks like that to us, that one bringing moment, Simon encountered Jesus for the first time. He got a new name and it changed his life forever. Simon had a supernatural encounter with Jesus and it changed his, his destiny, his identity. He went from Simon to Peter. Says, Jesus says, you're no longer going to be called Simon, you're now Peter, which means rock, which means you know, a, a strong, immovable person. I just read this uh, yesterday. It's an American survey. Um, and it says, just on, on the thing about church and growth, because one of the things I've found, is, and it is a frustration for pastors, if I'm preaching today as your pastor, as your shepherd, and, and sharing some of the things that, that I guess uh, are burdens that I carry, and hopefully it's, you, know, you can share this burden with me. But one of the big things that, that I've always you know, felt and, and I've watched and seen is sometimes you have this thing called negative engineering. It's an invention I created, it's an idea I thought of. But basically, at the same level that you build, it's this the same level that things break down. So it's like you're trying to build a bridge, but you're building it, you're trying to build it across the river, but as fast as you can build, the end falls off. And sometimes churches, the experience of many churches is like that. The, you know, we see new people coming in, but at the same time a new person comes, you have another family leave. 
And if we, if we want to build the church of Christ, it's going to be victorious and powerful and, and have everything in it that, that we need, we need, to, we need to cut out the negative engineering. And as people join the church, the existing church comes stronger together, uh, finds their destiny, starts being activated in the call and purpose of God in their life. And then we see the church really having a massive impact and a massive influence. Because what happens is you have all these new people coming who are, who are new baby Christians a lot of the time. They're getting trained. They're learning the ropes. And then all the experience and all the, all the strength is either going to a church down the street or starting all over again somewhere else or else they're not going anywhere. There's no benefit in that. Anyway, that's off my notes. But anyway, this survey says this. It says many people were leaving church because they were never Christians in the first place. They express, they're interviewing people about why they leave church. This is where this is coming from. It says they expressed a change in beliefs or simply lost interest in religion altogether. Now, you know, we need to really make it clear that being a disciple of Jesus Christ is not a religious observance. It's a change of life going from, oh, my name was Simon, but now I'm Peter. You know, and it may not be that you physically change your name, but there's an there's a internal change of who you are, how you think, what you behave, what you say like to on Facebook. It's got to change according to what the Word of God tells you. So you might think it's real warm and fuzzy to say like about some, some stuff, but if the Word of God says it's, it's wrong, then it's wrong. It doesn't matter if it's, if it's your family members that are involved in that kind of stuff. My family members are in the mafia. It doesn't mean I say, well, that's okay, I'll like their, their posts. <laughs> or whatever it is that relates to you. So... They expressed a change in beliefs or simply lost interest in religion altogether. This means there are people coming in and out our doors without meeting Christ. That's the scary thing. They also said this. One of the most underestimated reasons people return to church, so people do leave, but I want to believe that we see the season where people are coming back. And one of the most underestimated reasons people return to church is that someone simply invited them back. So let's not underestimate the power, the freedom of bringing people to the house of God. Could it be that there are Peters all around us that are just waiting for that encounter to be introduced to Jesus? I believe there are. Uh, let's be the agency. Let's be the church. Let's be the person. Let's be the people that brings people to a new destiny. We never know who God sees or what's in them, but Jesus sees. Jesus sees. And you know, there's always that event, that, that, always that time in the event that some people just will not be brought. I know I've been there, you've been there too, where you, you talk to people about church, you talk to people about Jesus, you say, just, why did you come to church? Why did you come to this or that? And they'll, they'll sometimes agree and say, yeah, yeah, I'll come. Then you, you go to get them and they're not home or, or the, the, the dog's having a, a, an epileptic fit or something's going on and they just can't do it. You know, who's ever been in that world? And you think, well, you know, we tried, but they just don't want to come. When it doesn't matter. It's one of those situations. Whenever you plan it, whatever, you, whatever the thing is, it just doesn't happen. But in those kind of cases, what we need to do is you bring church to them. How are we going to do that? Well, so we'll get Jimmy and Beth and bring a keyboard to their house. And 
No, we don't have to do that. You bring church to them because church is you. You are the agent of heaven to people around you. That sometimes it could be your family, it could be your brothers and sisters, it could be your mum and dad, it could be your kids, it could be the people who you work with. But you are the church to that world, whatever that seems to you. Try talking to people about spiritual concepts that you've discovered through what you've learned in church, through what you've discovered through, through your own study, through your own research, through your own time with the Lord. You know, you, I think you'll be amazed at how many people will let you pray for them if you just ask. You know, when they're talking about stuff and you're thinking, oh, gee, that's a little bit deep, a little bit heavy. I don't know how we're going to do that. But you can ask, say, can I just pray with you for that? It's easy for me because I'm a pastor. I can get away with it. But you know what? I wasn't born a pastor. Believe it or not. <laughs> but there's been times where, I, where I've, worked in, I've worked in factories, I've worked in, on farms, I've worked on construction sites, uh, I've, worked in lots of, I've worked in offices. And sometimes there's stuff that goes on in life and you think, oh, that's tough. And when you say to people, hey, do you mind if I pray? Now, that doesn't mean you, 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 you pour oil on their head and, and, and start praying over them at the, at the top of your voice in, in tongues. If that's appropriate, do it. If the environment's right, don't let me get in the way of that. But what you can do is say, hey, can I pray about that? And, and you don't have to do anything right then. Then you might just say, just bow your head with me and, and I'll just pray you know, in silence. And the amount of times when I've done that with people, I've done that in smoko rooms. That's, that's the, the construction word for, for a, a lunchroom. Smoko hut. And, and they say, well, do you mind if I pray? Oh, okay. And they just pray without saying anything out loud. And they, and they just go, wow. And I've just brought church to them without a keyboard. Without funny lights. But we've got to be bold and take advantage of this season that, that I, want to, I want to really encourage you that we're stepping into a season of freedom to share who Jesus is with people. Take advantage of this season that the Holy Spirit is bringing us into as a church. And we're going to see people's lives changed. So freedom to bring isn't always as easy as it sounds because of a couple of things. One of the things is we fight our own reasons why not as well. Sometimes we think, well, I just wish I knew the right things. I wish I could reach people. And, and then we think about people that, that, that we know need Jesus. And then instead of taking the, the, the opportunities, we, we convince ourselves, why not? Well, maybe, the, maybe they'll ask me questions I can't answer. Welcome to my world. I don't know everything. You all think I do, but I don't. There's no laughing there because you all think I do know everything. Sometimes you think, well, what if they reject me? It's okay. Try again another day. You know, some of these things that we fear aren't as big as what we think they are. A key here also is let's not, let's not judge why they wouldn't. Keep your light shining and whenever you can, be bringing people to Jesus. Sometimes that means bringing them here to a service. 
Sometimes that means you bringing the service to them and saying, hey, you know, sometimes it's as simple as this. And I've done this before in a, in a worldly context where, you know, there's things going on in people's lives, sometimes good, sometimes bad, some, sometimes just average, they've got questions. And I'll just say, hey, you know what? I was just thinking about what you said to me yesterday and God gave me, God gave me a scripture that you might like to know. And you, 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 I, I write it down and give it to them. So here's just a little scripture here. And they, they'll go, oh, wow, that come from the Bible. Because they don't know. But when you start to present being the church, then you use God's word. Don't be, a, don't be, don't be timid. The devil will say, don't, don't. The biggest voice, the biggest, loudest voice you'll hear at those times is the devil saying, they don't want to know, you can't do that. Isn't that illegal? You'll try everything to try and stop you from getting that voice out. But we've got to enter that freedom to bring and be the church. Let's not be the judge of why we shouldn't or why they wouldn't, but be lights shining. And it all begins, if we go back to our message today, being like Philip, who saw an Ethiopian in his chariot seeking God. We all have people around us that we are, that, that are waiting to be introduced to Jesus, to hear that good news. Can we just have the lights down a little now? If you're feeling a sense of hope today as I've been preaching, or hope for others, I believe that's the Holy Spirit birthing something in you. And right now you need to receive it. Why don't we just stand to our feet for a second here? Because I know that there are, there are those in the church whose natural call and gift is to be reaching out to people and to be bringing people to church, to be bringing people to introduce them to Jesus. So right now there's, there's people in our church who are like Andrews who brought Simon to Jesus. And I want to pray for those people here this morning. There's also some here today and you feel, you feel a real sense of dread. Even while I'm talking this morning, there's, there's like a unnatural dread that comes upon you that that you feel fearful you feel uh, you know, a constriction you feel a, a terrible sense of fear comes upon you when it talk when you think about telling someone about Jesus about God or about church that's not freedom that's not the freedom that Jesus wants you to live in and there is a freedom that you need to bring others to salvation there is a freedom that you need in you that brings others into an encounter with Jesus that can change them. You've got to leave that fear and you'll see that lives are changed around you. There's one other thing I want to touch on that's not in my notes and that is that sometimes we can, we can be the agent who brings someone to Jesus. We can be the agent who introduces someone to church and we might think, well, they're just my, my relative, my cousin, uh, my sister or whatever. And that was your, your job, was just to introduce them, bring them to the house of God. But I've seen a lot of people don't know how to handle when that person really takes hold of the things of God and just starts to run, starts to thrive, starts to rise in, in the call and the purpose of God in their life. And jealousy starts to emerge. Jealousy starts to emerge in, people, in some people's lives because they think, well, why did, why did, did my, my husband or why did my wife, you know, I introduced them to this church and then now look what they're doing. That's not fair, God. I was here first. But you know what? God doesn't, you know, he doesn't forget us. 
And sometimes we might see someone else's, um, you know, abilities or talents and being recognized. And it looks like everything's easy for them. But God, you've forgotten me. God doesn't forget us. God doesn't reject us. Just some people's journeys are different to ours. But you know something? Imagine if, if, if Andrew said, oh, I'm not going to invite Peter because I know what he's like. He's always the center of attention, always the, always the one with the best jokes, always the one who wants everyone to listen to him first. He's always the big mouth. I'm not going to introduce him to Jesus. But you know what? Andrew did that and he saw Simon become Peter, who then became one of the greatest leaders in the church that needed to birth the church in those early days. So I want to pray for you this morning. And uh, why don't you just raise your hand if you feel that uh, something has resonated with you. We don't want to embarrass people here today. But, but I know that especially I want to pray for, first of all, those who feel a sense of dread. Now, people's hands are going up, so you just keep them up. We don't, won't know whose hands are up for what. But if you're, you're feeling that sense of dread when it comes to sharing the gospel and there's a voice that says, don't do it, don't do it. You know, what, what will happen? You know, you need to be set free today and you need to keep free in your life. So, Lord, I pray right now for every single person here today who have, has that overwhelming sense of dread when it comes to talking to people about the gospel, talking to people about the good news. I pray today, right now, by the power in the name of Jesus, that they, they'll be set free, that they'll have those, those restrictions broken off their life, that they'll have those things that, that, that have caused them to, to hold it in, that they won't be able to hold it in anymore. Lord, I just pray that right now, Father, you speak over their life. Release them to, to share the good news in Jesus' name. And I also want to pray for those that, that have felt, as I was preaching today, a new sense of hope for others. That you're thinking, I know if, if only they would hear this news, if only they could you know, be in this place, things would change in their lives. God wants to encourage you today to take up the call of God. Be an evangelist. Be a bringer. So Holy Spirit, we just pray right now, Father, for every person who has that sense of desire, who has had a stirring in the Holy Spirit this morning for the things of God again. And Lord, I just pray today that there may be a, a, a breakthrough with people, that we will truly have a freedom to reach into the lives of people today. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. Thank you, Jesus.